What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast. I'm your host, Danes. I am joined by Sir Bert Sines, along with Dan the Real Deal Rodriguez, is back to join us for this anniversary episode. Uh, this is episode 25, and it is also the one-year anniversary of when we began this uh, this venture that we find ourselves in. So we're going to be talking a little bit today about uh, all the big news that happened, Red Dead Redemption 2, Fortnite Season 4, God of War, uh, and the like. But we're also going to be talking about uh, a year of podcasting and what we've done over the past year, some of the content we're creating, some of the things we've seen, and uh, of course, some of the kind of funny and silly moments we've had since then. So we're going to kick it off with what is by far my most anticipated title of the year in Red Dead Redemption 2. So earlier this week on Wednesday, we got the latest trailer from Rockstar. Uh, as usual, it uh, looks fantastic. Uh, again, sadly, it didn't really show any gameplay, but rather just kind of uh, setting up the story. And we did get to see that Mr. John Marston is going to be in the game as well. So I am hugely, hugely excited. And I will uh, hear what you guys had to think about it before I ramble on for likely a few minutes. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. You can kick it All off. Right. Sure. Well, I, I heard that some of that trailer was actual gameplay, according to IGN, I think. And not just rendered an engine. So if that's the case, it looked amazing. I am super pumped for this game. I mean, I I played... That's all I played when Red Dead, the first one, came out. So it was super just engrossing. It was a whole different kind of location. And, you know, we I played so much of that online. The the, the free roam, robberies. right? Yeah, well, the free roam. And then there yeah. was like a robbery one where you had to like rob a stagecoach or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I just hope they, you know, keep a lot of that stuff in here. I'm super excited for it. It comes out in a time where, you know, it's kind of the, the big, you know, game release error or, you know time came and talk God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> all right anyway you get what i'm saying i'm super pumped what do you think bert <laughs> yeah. let, me, let me let me take over there um i thought it looked awesome uh seeing marston was one of the biggest things for me in the trailer um funny enough i think i'm going to start going kind of silent on it at this point after seeing what i've wanted to see and the fact that it looks amazing i want to be surprised as much as possible I think we're seeing more and more hints as to what the story is going to be about. Um, if there's like a development video that comes out or something, I'll watch that. But I can't wait for it. It, it looks really, really fantastic. I joked earlier saying um, after playing God of War that, you know, if there's going to be anything else that touches it this year, it's going to be Red Dead. And hearing that and seeing that, um, I think it actually might be better than God of War, maybe. But I don't know. The other thing was, um, Ains, I think you had sent me uh, something that may be rumored. Um, that they've been working on the game for seven, eight plus years now. So if that's the case, talk about the development time put in. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been one of those people and I'm still playing God of War and loving it, but I've been one of those people with all the uh, critics saying, you know, God of War's game of the year, like slow down. All right. Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming. And um, yeah. So co-studio head of Rockstar, Rockstar North, I believe uh, Rob Nelson said that, this is the first game that has been jointly developed by all of the Rockstar Studios, and production on it began immediately after Red Dead Redemption shipped eight years ago. Wow. Um, and it is also going to be a title that is published by Rockstar Games rather than a specific studio. So if you play a lot of Rockstar Games, you notice, you know, when you first turn it on, it shows Rockstar North or, you know, one of their other studios. This is just going to be Rockstar Games. So 
I think that uh, based on what they've said around how they're evolving an open world game, how NPCs are going to uh, almost live their lives within the game, I think they're really going to change it. I think this game and Cyberpunk 2077 are really going to push the bar forward on what we can expect from uh, big open world titles. And I am just, I could go on and on about it. Uh, I do agree with you, Bert. I um Big games like this, I know I'm going to love and I'm going to want to spend a lot of time in. I did the same thing with God of War. I just stopped watching stuff. I, you know, I stopped watching the trailers. People were talking about story things and I just stayed away from all of it. So I'm going to do the same thing with Red Dead Redemption. Um, and as usual, I'll probably take time off of work just to play it. So <laughs> I am uh, hugely pumped for it. But one other thing, I mean, if you think about it, Rockstar hasn't done anything new in a while. They've just been kind of supporting GTA 5, which. <laughs> is nuts that that thing is still selling what it's selling um and they've really just been doing that and maybe remasters i guess with la noir so maybe that's what they've been working their asses off so so long yeah it's exciting just to think about so and i i have to imagine too that this is going to be an absolute showcase on the xbox one x um i'm um think we confirmed that sony has the marketing rights uh to the game but uh, if this game just doesn't blow us away on the Xbox One X, uh, I'll be surprised. So really excited for that. All right. So, uh, you know, the other title we just mentioned, God of War. Um, we don't want to go on about it because we have talked about God of War for like three straight episodes now, including a season gaming conversation. So you can find that stuff on our channel. Um, but uh, the sales figures did come out and it's uh, is the best selling PS4 exclusive to date, uh, passing Horizon Zero Dawn and Uncharted 4, surprisingly. So it sold 3.1 million copies in three days. Um, now, some critics for I don't know why you want to try and criticize good sales of an excellent game, but critics were trying to say, ah, oh, that's only about 4% of the PS4 install base. So that's not really that impressive. And it's like, guys, it's a. It's a single platform exclusive that sold over 3 million copies in three days. If that's not impressive, I don't know what is. So um, further along those lines, we don't have the MPD results for April yet. That'll probably be another week and a half or so. But uh, we do have the UK results. They're a lot faster for whatever reason over there. But in April, God of War debuted as number one, as expected in the UK. Um, and then what's also surprising, though, in those uh, top 10 results, we were just talking that GTA 5 is still on the list over there in top 10. But uh, PUBG and Sea of Thieves are still holding strong, too, on the Xbox platform. So interesting stuff all around. Great sales figures for God of War and good sales figures for uh, kind of all the other platform exclusives that are still on there. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you're going to sit there and criticize 4%, I mean, in three days, that's insane insane to me i don't know if there was another game exclusive game that sold on any console that many maybe maybe, maybe what did PUBG sell like five million but that took a month or so at least i would yeah, think yeah you know i don't, it, I don't it think there's anything this generation exclusive that sold this fast yeah there right. is oh yeah. there is i'm sorry uh nintendo <clears throat> I believe there was a game of the year that was mentioned last year and another runner-up that uh, sold way more than that. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, is that uh, that's over Wii U and Switch, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm just thinking from an exclusive game. I mean, right. uh, I, I think they sold, I think, 7 million uh, over the first week of release. Um, um, and that's, once again, jumping between Wii U and Switch. 
just for reference, I was looking it up while you were talking because another one that is kind of known to sell really well is Call of Duty. So Call of Duty didn't even hit two million over a week, and that's over PC, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, um, and the previous gen consoles, and that's Infinite Warfare. So for someone to negatively mention God of War sells at three point one million in three days for an exclusive on one console needs to go kick rocks or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, uh, for reference, Uncharted Four sold two point six million in a week. Yep. Um, so with Uncharted being, you know, as big as it is, so uh, it's impressive no matter how you how you slice it. Oh, for sure, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's I, I, if I th- sell three point one million of anything in three days, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, you know, just shut up, people. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, if that's what you're really really breaking stuff down, and you have nothing better to do than look at that kind of stuff. You know, I oh. think uh, I think you nailed it, and they really have nothing better to do. So that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, selling well. Uh, hilarious to see Grand Theft Auto Five still in the top ten on a monthly basis. So that should be approaching a hundred million copies sold. I'm sure we'll be hearing that sometime this year. Is would be my bet. Um, another game that we saw last year that was a really big surprise at the end of the Ubisoft conference was Beyond Good and Evil Two. Uh, this was one that uh, fans had been kind of clamoring for for a long time now, you know, beyond good and evil, almost like a cult classic from the last generation. And, um, you know, as soon as we saw this, uh, people went wild, a lot of speculation, you know, both of would it ever come out as this kind of just a tech demo. Um, but it seems that it is coming. So we got a development video this week. It shows some of the mocap uh, footage of, uh, you know, the actors working on the game and some stuff around the airships that they showed or have shown. Um, but the strange thing is, is that this story and the characters don't seem to have any relation to the original Beyond Good and Evil, which, of course, is one of the main reasons why uh, fans wanted a sequel. So uh, I don't think that they have said anything specific about where this story or timeline are. I didn't see anything. If you guys did, let me know. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's, it, it's a prequel, Ains. Oh, prequel. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, you know the story better than I do, Bert. Um, I know you're a big fan of the first game, so why don't you uh, fill us in? Yeah, so for people that haven't played the first one, um, this was out during the Xbox and PS2 era. Um, You could have played it on PC with a slightly better resolution, but it wasn't anything too impressive. But the main character from the first one, his name is Jade, and uh, she had her pig friend. I I actually forgot his name now that I think about it. Um, and she was actually a pretty good character. <laughs> yeah, the pig, yeah, the pig <laughs> I had to look it up. On um, but uh, she was kind of a big female heroine at the time. The, the closest you could get to maybe a Laura Croft of that generation. A lot of people loved her a lot. Um, so I've been waiting for a sequel to this game, but the actual sequel, not a prequel. And uh, I'm not mad about it, but I'm kind of disappointed they've gone in this direction. I wonder if the uh, story that was pitched for an actual sequel was maybe not that good or something or what happened. But the the development cycle for this next title in the uh, franchise has been all over the place for 15, 17 plus years now. So I have to kind of imagine something happened somewhere for it. But I'm not a big fan of a create-your-own character to start the story out. But it is what it is. Okay. Dan, you ever play it? Nope. No, <laughs> got it sitting there. <laughs> One of those ones that I really wanted to play it, you know, because everybody talked about it, and you know, it got some, you know, critical acclaim, you know. But it, like you said, it's kind of one of those cult classic ones, and I've always wanted to play it sitting there on the hard drive. Maybe oh. I'll, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I got so many of these games I'm trying to get through. And I'm actually in the, uh, 
I'm in the same boat. I think I have like a single five point achievement from it. I played it for right. maybe like an hour or something like that. So uh, I don't know. One day maybe I'll go back to it. I say that about way too many games, as you said. Absolutely. So, so it um, is backwards compatible, by the way, guys. So you can go back and play it. Um, it's playable on the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, one quick quip: um, If it's a prequel, shouldn't it just been before Good and Evil? Not <laughs> moving on. All right, so <laughs> oh man, that kind of episode, everyone, buckle in. Um, so Fortnite season four, the biggest game in the world right now. We seem to not be able to get through an episode without talking about it. Uh, season four is upon us, and Epic is seems to be continuing to kill it. Like I said, I'm not a, a big player of Fortnite, but um. They've updated the Battle Royale. I know a lot of people have been enjoying the content and the skins and some of the new features. And what's nice to see here, too, is they also uh, added a bunch of things to the Save the World mode, which was, you know, the, the what Fortnite originally was as a game. And I know some people that still play that mode pretty regularly, too. Um, so this is, I mean, this is good. It's, uh, I think the competition is good because Fortnite is so big and they continue to kind of polish their game up uh, as quickly as they are with Epic Games. I think it's pushing the PUBG development crew to kind of keep their game up too. And it will obviously make, uh, you know, whether it's EA or Activision or all those other giant development companies we've talked about that want to get a slice of the Battle Royale pie. Um, it's obviously going to make them up their game as well. So uh, this is pretty good for players, really, in the end. Yeah, it's good to see that the content that's coming out is continuing to come out. Uh, they could have just left it at the base game and only improved things, but they've they've done a really good job with not just seasonal content, but also just enhancements and it running smooth. I mean, if if you're not a fan of the gameplay or anything, as far as the way it looks, you have to at least appreciate how how nice it flows and and the uh, the UI and everything is great on the game. So good for them. Good for Fortnite players. Yep, and my kids because that's the only people I know who play it in this house. Um, but you know what? I work at a, uh, a school, and a lot of – I mean, that's all you hear from these kids. Yeah. And, you know, season four is coming out. Oh, yeah, 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 season four is coming out. You know, hey, how was your homework? I have no idea. But season four is coming out. <laughs> right? It's so, like, entrenched now, you know, with these kids. And that's, you know, good and bad. But, you know, all the, all the new content looks really good. My kids, you know, always hounded me for more V-Bucks. You know, I've got a bunch of Xbox cards sitting over here, and uh, every time they need something, they start cleaning something. So you always kind of know, <laughs> like, oh yeah, the vacuum's going. Who's vacuuming? Oh, it's my son. Okay, yeah, I know what he wants. Must yeah. be a new skin pack. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, good for Epic, man. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I'm glad, and they're still supporting it. And if they didn't, you know, they'd be in big trouble. <laughs> they're probably just sitting there, just counting that money, just ooh, oh, yeah. big old yeah, stogies. High dollar whiskey, just laughing at it. <laughs> yeah, they were already doing that from Unreal Engine Four. I mean, oh, it's yeah. the most used engine in development, so or that mm-hmm. I'm aware of anyway. Before I make some bland statement like that, um, but yeah, now Fortnite being the number one game in the world is, uh, yeah, they're killing it. So yeah, it. the only thing that I think is released as consistent with seasonal content is Overwatch, and obviously tons of people play that. <laughs> but yep. Fortnite has been, I think they took that model. I think Fortnite has kind of took the model from a lot of different games and kind of done it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much to uh, Blue Hole's chagrin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right, so uh, Tomb Raider, a uh, franchise we both love here. Bert is a huge fan. Um, we finally got the trailer for Shadow of the Tomb Raider, along with uh, you know their plans for development progress. So the trailer looked really good. It looks to be uh, Mayan-based, and it looks to show a darker side from everything we've heard about it of Lara and kind of the Tomb Raider story. Um, they, uh, you know, it looks very similar to the the, the last two games, and um, they also released their development kind of schedule after release, post-release content. Uh, one of the things I was disappointed in here is that there's going to be a season pass, which I, I really don't care for nowadays. Um, but they're going to be releasing uh, a DLC kind of pack or a story pack every month for seven months. So there's actually seven pieces of DLC already planned for the title. And the title doesn't come out for a few months yet. So um, I don't know what to think of that. I don't know if it's going to be good value, if this is just, uh, you know, more of the model we've seen to try and capitalize on, uh, you know, monetization. So I don't know what to think of that. But the game itself looks really good. I've already got the uh, the Steelbook pre-ordered. I wasn't too keen on the collector's edition for this one. I'll probably skip it. But uh, I'm really excited about the game itself. Yeah, man, I played the other two. They're awesome. It's two of my favorite games uh for the xbox right now it, it the only thing is it seems like every single game that she's in she's always holding her stomach like in like you know <laughs> you would think after a while she put some kind of like kevlar on you know i know it doesn't make you know probably it's probably cumbersome you know it's probably you know it, but you know that's it's always the same because at the very end of that trailer she's kind of standing there she's got her hand on her stomach kind of hunched over and i'm like man she walks that way all the time otherwise Minor quip. It looks awesome. <laughs> you figure with someone with unlimited resources could come up with some type of thing to right. protect her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kind of armor. Right. Like Batman. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm really excited about this game, but after this last trailer, I am now going silent on it. So thanks. thankfully, we know that's in the Mayan uh, realm, like you mentioned. Um, so that's kind of cool to see. I am also, the first thing I heard when actually Ain sent me the text in the morning about it was, man, we're seeing DLC content already ahead of time for a game that is still six, you know, five, six months away. And uh, I don't know, kind of like you said, are the single player games trying to monetize something in some form? And this is the way they're going to kind of do it since there's not really an online multiplayer in the traditional sense. I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I really don't know what to think about it. Has the season pass been priced yet? I think it's part of the um uh, I it was 30 30 yeah, I yeah. Think. don't quote me on that one yeah i don't know i mean you're immediately you're paying 90 dollars for for a game that's coming out and you know how season passes work when they go on sales and stuff and one thing that i will say that i'm super excited about is how good it's going to look on the x and the pro um if you had seen the enhancements to rise of the tomb raider it looks fantastic, and it still looks good to this day with the effects and the uh, 4K, 60 frames, whatever that you're running with or whatever your system can run, depending on what you play on. Check it out. So this should be a very streamlined uh, game, and I think this is the final game of this trilogy. So it should close out and answer a lot of questions that have been left in cliffhangers in not only the normal game, but DLC that's come out in past games. Yeah, and uh, I double-checked while you were speaking there, Bert. It is 30 dollars for that. Um 
And yeah, the developer uh, actually came out and was talking. There's a video um, out there from the developer that was talking about the Xbox One X, to your point about it looking beautiful. And they confirmed it will run in 4K on the Xbox One X with options for like a 1080p 60 FPS mode uh, and have all sorts of additional like lighting, you know, effects and uh, all the all the polish that you expect out of the higher end model. So um, it's funny you mentioned about the monetization of single player games, though, because a lot of the feedback I've seen across social media, Reddit, you know, all the typical channels you monitor for chatter uh, about God of War was appreciating the fact that it is a very large single player game with a ton of content and nothing that you have to spend outside of your 60 bucks to play it. And, um, you know, I think to some level, I hope that God of War continues to sell like it does, because when you sell, like we were just talking about, 3 million copies in three days, um, you know, it shows that games can be overwhelmingly, fin even financially successful. Uh, again, I'm making an assumption there, but you have to imagine a game that's going to go on to sell probably 8, 10 million copies is going to be financially successful um, without that monetization. So I hope we see more of that in the future. That being said, I would love some paid DLC in God of War to see some of the side stories and stuff that you know Kratos and Atreus may do after or even before the game or something. I would love to see that, and I would pay thirty bucks for that. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I think you make a good point. Is um, you know, it really depends on what you're getting for the money. Um, you know, like uh, the best example I think many players, not just myself, come back to is uh, Witcher Three. You know, the, the DLC content for Witcher 3 was 25 bucks for two expansions that I probably spent 50 or 60 hours on by themselves, and they were absolutely fantastic. They were better than most games. Um, I actually like the second DLC more than the main story. <laughs> yeah, I, so yeah you're not uh, alone on that. A lot of people say that. Blood and Wine was just absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. It won Game of the... What uh, outlet gave it Game of the Year when it I think came it was out? GameSpot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but someone like it. It's the first time a DLC had won Game of the Year, and it's just uh, it just goes to show it can be done right. Um, so anyway, all right. Um, so we also got a launch trailer for State of Decay Two, which uh, comes out here now. Man, God, we're already in the first week of May, so it comes out in just two weeks, believe it or not. So. Um, this is looking good. We've talked a little bit about State of Decay and kind of, the, the again, like the cult following that game has. People still playing State of Decay 1. It came out several years ago. Uh, this one looks good. It looks a lot bigger, a lot more polished, a lot more features. Uh, obviously, like we've talked about, anyone with Game Pass will be able to play it on day one on May 22nd. So uh, I played the first one for a little bit. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, I've got some other people who said they're going to be playing it. And I really like the fact that, uh, you know, the... The whole permadeath mechanics is you really got to take care of your crew and it's a more uh, survival sim zombie game rather than just running around killing zombies like you've done in 100 games so kind of a more unique take and a different type of game uh but uh, yeah i'm looking forward to this one you guys think yeah i, mean, yeah, I, I do for sure um <clears throat> see see here's my problem with state of decay i played the first one for a little bit and then i kind of it kind of just drifted off and kind of you know it wasn't a bad game it's just one of those games where you know am I going to sink a large amount of time into it? I think the co-op will help. Um, Cause I know one of my buddies is going to be getting it and we're going to be trying to see, you know, how that goes. Now my buddy is terrible at video games. So <laughs> the permadeath <laughs> is going to be really, really <laughs> a bad thing, but you know, it is what it is. You know, that's fine. I'll probably die several times because he's so bad. So, you know, that might not last very long, but it's like I played, uh, uh, what is the one, the seven days to die or something like that. I can't oh, remember. yeah. 
mm-hmm. you know that that one was kind of the same way and it it was you know you kind of jump into it and play a little bit and it's like eh, okay that's enough <laughs> this one looks a little bit better and i'm hoping they they added a bunch of stuff to it without becoming super overwhelming you know because then i'm just gonna go back and play something that's not overwhelming <laughs> that's my biggest thing you know I, like I, I just started a well we'll get to that later but um it, it's just I'm, I'm worried a little bit you know just a little bit because i know it's not gonna be like a big triple a game you know but you know i, I don't want to get bored with it too fast so mm. hopefully there's enough content in there that will keep me coming back and you know it's gonna be one that i almost exclusively play in co-op you know until I die enough times with my buddy to where I was like, no, I can't play with you anymore. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. It's going to be like day two. I'm <laughs> yeah, survivor. Exactly. I walked out of the car door and that was it. That was, <laughs> that was the yeah. end. I'm kind of on the fence about the game. I'm not, I think I've mentioned it so many times, but I'm so sick and tired of zombie games. Um, but if it does have a really good co-op mechanic, I will definitely check it out, see if it ends up, uh, being fun from the co-op standpoint. I think we can all relate, uh, Dan, with ha- us having friends that are horrible at games, but they still kind of <laughs> play, and you just play with them because you know you love your friends a lot, and you want to hang out with them and play with them, and it c- causes a lot of laughs. But one thing I will say about State of Decay is it seems like the people that have played the game have either said, and this isn't part two, I'm talking about part one, that it's either a meh, or they absolutely love the game and are still playing the first one like every other day, every weekend, or whatever. So I think this is going to have another one of those responses where it's either a meh or they love it or they just don't like it at all. So I I want to, I'm going to give it a chance. I have Game Pass. That's one of the good things about Game Pass. You can see it. If we find a good crowd to play with at minimum, maybe we can all play together and see what it's about. You guys yeah. know if is it a four player co-op or it is. is it It is okay. four player. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I'll just throw a note out there to Bert's comment that if you have not started playing PUBG with your friends who are bad at games, don't start. <laughs> All right, because along with the laughs, there's a lot of tears. A lot. Of tears. <laughs> you just gotta use you gotta use those uh, those games as practice games when you play with them. Because, yes. Oh. All right, so wrapping up or rounding out our uh, news content here, I wanted to quickly talk on. Um, the fiscal year results for each of the major companies. We got those over the past week. And, and uh, what I really like about it, and the reason I bring it up, is that all three are doing extremely well. And that shows that the industry itself is very strong and growing. So real quick, some numbers for you. On the PlayStation side, they said they surpassed 75 million units sold. It continues to sell very well. Um, again, you know, if if this continues for the next few years, it may uh, eventually surpass the PlayStation 2, which is the uh, is that the best selling console of all time or second? I can't remember if it's the Wii or the PS2, one of them. They're really close. I'll check while you're chatting. OK, yeah, one of them. But it's it's on pace to be one of the best. It's on pace to easily be one of the best selling consoles of all time, if not the best selling uh, by the time it's done. And software sales year over year are up 246 million units to 217 million units. So again, that's a nice uh, increase for PlayStation there. And then lastly, uh, you know, um, PSN has something like 75 million. I'm going off the top of my head here, 75 million uh, users, but many of those aren't PS Plus subscribers. But PS Plus subscribers increased from 26 million to 34 million over the last year. So, you know, a pretty large increase there, something like 40%. So good good uh, deal on the Sony side. On the Microsoft side or Xbox, um, they made, and this figure made me laugh when you hear those, you know, the, the 
fanboys out there saying, oh, Xbox is dead. Yeah, they made $2.25 billion in the last quarter. So Xbox is making nearly, you know, $10 billion a year right now. So I think they're going to be okay. Um, <laughs> that is an 18% increase over the uh, prior quarter. And then on top of that, the uh, active uh, Xbox Live users year over year went from 52 million to 59 million. So a 13% increase there too. So really healthy on the Xbox side. And then the, uh, uh, the week prior, Nintendo came out and said that they've already surpassed 17.6 million Switch units sold. That's probably right around 18 million now. And that Breath of the Wild between the Wii U and the Switch, which we were just talking about, and Burke corrected us on on the console exclusive sales, is the best-selling Zelda game of all time. So if you think about how many Zelda games there have been, especially you know things like A Link to the Past and the original Zelda on the NES, uh, the fact that Breath of the Wild is the best-selling Zelda game of all time just a year in is very, very impressive. So I got some hard numbers for you and also correction because I went to check it. Breath of the Wild sales. So Breath of the Wild sold around 2.3 million after the first week. Damn it, Bert. Yeah, I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite. You gotta start but, uh, over. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to reboot this, guys. I'll edit everything out. <laughs> um, but no, I, one thing I will say um, for, the, Nintendo, for the, the, the Breath of the Wild is that it was shared over two consoles. God of War is still the fasting selling exclusive of this generation in three days. We'll see what happens at the end of the month. Another thing that's kind of silly about Breath of the Wild is that it had a consistent high selling week over week for almost four months straight. So yeah. if you think about it that way, I don't know if God of War is ever going to come down from the high it's on because I don't see Sony doing anything as, as gangbusters as that until Spider-Man releases that's in the fall. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, jumping back to the numbers we were talking about. So we were way off there too. PlayStation 2 <laughs> has 158 million consoles. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we have 157 uh, million on that one. And then um, Nintendo DS was the closest one, not the Wii. And that's at 154. Um, so the Wii was only 101. And PS4 has a long way to go before they even get close to the PS2. They're only at uh, around 80 million right now. So um, I don't know. Uh, crazy sales going on for that. One thing at, at looking at this list that I didn't know that sold really well was the PSP at 81 million units. I had no idea it sold that well, but I guess no. if you think about it from a worldwide perspective, it sold pretty well. The Vita, not so much. Which is bizarre because the Vita is so much better than the PSP. It's a shame. It just, That's I guess. Yeah, oh, it is. It's not even close. I think the problem with the Vita is by the time the Vita came out, smartphones were out, whereas yeah. they weren't out when the PSP came out, and that just changed the game on a mobile perspective. So kind of a shame, really. I love the Vita, man. Great console, or great whatever you want to call it. Handheld. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, anyway, let's talk about uh, some big news on the industry, sticking with Nintendo, really. So the interim president, um, whose name I forgot to write here, has stepped down. <laughs> Um, but the new president has been named. His name, and I hope I say this correctly, is Shintaro Fuokawa. Um, what is surprising about him for Nintendo is he is only 46 years old. So he's a very young president for the company. He has been with Nintendo since 1994. So he is a very long-term uh, employee there. And he's been on the board for Nintendo since 2012. So what's, uh, I mean, this is good in my opinion for Nintendo. I, I hope that this is someone who can kind of, um, you know, see 
the industry from a technology perspective a little more brightly than uh, some of his predecessors, maybe. You know, I've been very critical of Nintendo for, uh, well, several things, really, but I, I really dislike the fact that I can't, um, you know, play online and do all the integration things that I love doing with my Xbox and PlayStation. I think if the Switch had a better online service, and we'll, we'll see what comes later this year, um, you know, we've talked about this at length that I, I would play it more, but right now it just feels very limited in scope. And, uh, I hope starting at the top that with a new president who's younger, you know, maybe some of that culture, that ingrained culture will begin to change. So we'll see. Yeah. The guy's name is Tatsumi Kamishima, which was the, the guy that was in the, the prior spot. Yeah. Yep, thank you. Yep. Other, other funny thing about the new guy <laughs> is that he was one of the main guys that drove the Pokemon brand. So yes, yes. I guess that was a, not a bad resume. <laughs> yeah. He's no. doing okay. I mean, he's been with Nintendo since 94, drove Pokemon. He's been on the board and now he's a president of Nintendo at 46. I think he's done. Okay. Got to catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, here we go yeah i told you everyone to buckle in it's gonna be that kind of episode all right so um <clears throat> one um well two rumors to talk about real quick uh one is very interesting so over the past year we've seen uh, a few of the big playstation 4 exclusives kind of make their way to xbox and other consoles so that's the crash bandicoot remasters um, no Man's Sky is now coming, and most recently we talked about, I think previously we all enjoyed, right, is Hellblade um, now on the Xbox. And uh, the latest rumor um, coming out of a, a, a source that has been uh, proven track record, so they're, they're the ones who actually leaked both Crash and Spyro previously, is that there is a game of the year or some type of special edition coming of Nier Automata, and that is going to be coming to the Xbox One as well. So... A lot of talk recently from Phil Spencer and some of the Microsoft executives about really trying to, you know, get some of the Japanese developers back on board with Xbox. Um, you know, whether or not it's obviously not going to help too much in Japan because the Xbox doesn't sell well there. But just getting the Japanese developers to support the platform, especially on crass, crass, yes, cross platform titles. Um, you know, makes a difference for Xbox fans, right? So this would be really interesting if one of the most Japanese games in Nier Automata would make its way to uh, to Xbox. And Bird, I know uh, you played quite a bit of this game. Yeah, I'll chat on it really quick, and then Dan, I'm sure you got a plenty to say too on it. Uh, so Nier Automata, just as a heads up, it was a console exclusive. It was available on PC, so if you're a PC listener, you've probably checked it out at least on there. To this point, if you couldn't get any more Japanese in a software title, uh, this is probably holding the top rank for it, aside from like a Persona uh, that's come out on the PlayStation. It's, it's definitely for a specific audience. I jumped into it and I bought it on PlayStation 4 because everybody kept telling me that it was like Bayonetta. It's not like Bayonetta. It's similar. <laughs> it's, it, no. it, it, it's like saying Call of Duty and Battlefield are the same game. They're not. They're, they're very different. Um, you still run in third person. You still have a bit of a melee, but there's also a gun mechanic involved, and it's different. Um, I have tried now five times to get through the game, and I can't get past the 12 to 15 hour mark just because something else interests me a lot better. I eventually will probably force myself to get through this game just to see what it's all about because there are some people that just don't like it and some people that love this game. And it's one of the most cosplayed game around these days. So I don't know. Cool that it's coming. Yeah, it was a really cool game to play. I only did it, I only finished it once. So there's like 37 different endings or something like that. It's something <laughs> ridiculous. But it was really fun and it was different. You know, I've never been a big fan of that kind of uh, art style but once you start kind of getting into it it was super weird weirdest game i played probably last year 
I played some weird games, but it was super fun. You know, that that's that's what for me always makes a good game. Am I gonna buy it for the X? Absolutely. And I'm gonna play the crap out of it one time. <laughs> now this was the one near Automata was the one where you could like purchase trophies and stuff like that, right? I, wonder if mm-hmm. purchase I haven't played it. Yep. <clears throat> what what oh, God. Ains? <laughs> it's a really good game. Uh the sound is awesome. I love Yep. that part of it it's it's so good um but it was just kind of fun weird story i think it's awesome that any of these games you know are coming to different consoles just because you know it, it's 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 good for gamers you know as a whole um i'm gonna, yeah it's another one i'm gonna buy and just have it there i'm sure but <laughs> yeah, we say that all the time is you know uh, the whole exclusive thing it drives us crazy in a, in a little yeah. way right like just bring it more people that can play the game the better so, mm-hmm. all right. So one, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was really gonna. I was gonna mention that um, if you want to educate yourself more on exclusivity and how the timed exclusive stuff works, we have a video coming out on Tuesday that'll explain everything. And we do mention Near Automata because this was a timed exclusive. They are not a Sony studio. For everybody that was thinking that was Sony only, it's not. It's like I said, it's been out on PC since the other one launched as well. So these timed exclusive contracts are ending, and now they're coming to other consoles. I think you know, but I seen it. I saw a. Uh an article where they said it probably won't be coming to the Xbox. This was a few months back just because, you know, they didn't have either, I don't know if it was the funds or they just wasn't the interest there. So I, I never really thought it would come. And now maybe they made enough money and there's enough interest where, you know, they can kind of pop back onto a different console. Either way, it's awesome. So yeah, yeah. One, one thing that's funny about these very Japanese games is that they don't really sell amazing. That they, they sell well. I mean, they're still selling 1.5 to 2 million units at the end of the day. But you know, for a lot of these studios, I, I remember hearing Square Enix didn't like how well the original Tomb Raider sold, <laughs> um, and they sold like five million oh, units. Seven. I was like seven, seven million. Yeah, and they like, were saying they were disappointed. I'm like, Where, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Mm. So it depends on the studio um, and what they consider a success. If they don't really see success at 1.5, 2 million, I think it was 1.7 is what it actually ended up selling over PS4 and PC. So if you just add another console or development time and you're maybe going to sell half of that. Um, I don't know if it's worth it to them, but it is an interesting game. I tell everybody to check it out. Don't pay 60 bucks for it. Give it a try, but it's, it's interesting at least. Very good. So one other rumor here that I know uh, Dan is already kind of ear to ear about is uh, the potential leak of a Spider-Man PS4 Pro bundle. So recently we had the God of War console and, um, you know, that one sold out pretty quickly and uh, is apparently actually limited because they're not making any more and they're very hard to find now. Um, But I know a lot of people, you know, are really looking forward to Spider-Man on the PS4 later this year. And, you know, the big question has been, are they going to do a Spider-Man themed console? And the first leak seems to have come out about it. Now, based on the picture I saw, I'm not too, uh, you know, I'm not really sold that this is legitimate. But regardless, if this is true, I know there's going to be a lot of people going crazy for it. And if you want one, I highly suggest if this is real and you want one, I highly suggest pre-ordering as soon as you see it go on sale because it probably will sell out. Dan, go for it. Man, let me tell you something. (laughs) I have been I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, special edition consoles. You know, I had that um, Fallout Pip-Boy edition that I won. I really, you know, I was more afraid to make it you know mess it up so i kind of kept it in the box only played it a few times spider-man on the other hand 
I've been waiting for forever. Now, looking at the picture of it, it uh, I wanted it to be a little bit more, but you know, it, it, it's gosh, I wish Sony would just make a decent looking limited edition console. I didn't <laughs> mind the God, God, the God of War one actually, I, I, I liked, and I'd like the Monster Hunter one too. But it's like they just slap some stickers on it. Yeah, and, they don't. They don't do the best job with their their right. exclusive consoles. Like that's I mean, where Microsoft kills them. The exclusive Xbox ones are so much nicer. Right. You know, and and that's probably not a huge selling point. It'll probably sell out. I'll probably, gosh, you know, I've got the Pro, and that's the one I was really waiting for. I really hope that it's true that they were coming out with a bundle, but I really hope it's a little bit something more. I really wanted to see some like webbing on it. I think that even if they were just stickers, you know, I don't care, you know, just slapping a spider on there and, you know, I mean, that's lazy. I mean, it's just lazy. I mean, it's, I mean, do, do something. The controller I like, it looks kind of cool. I like the different, like the little circle where the buttons are and the D pad is, that's kind of nice. But it, if that's what it is, then I'm going to have to think long and hard about actually upgrading to <laughs> that console. I probably will. Cause I just buy everything anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it looks, I mean, I, I want one. I want one really bad. Yeah. I actually think there is going to be a bundle. I don't know if the leaked image is the official one or that's what it actually is going to look like. But when you look at the sales that the pro has sold for the God of war, I, I think they're going to have to, and there's going to be a bigger audience that's going to be in the Spider-Man than God of war. Cause more people know about Spider-Man and it's Sony relationship. Um, if you do want one, I highly recommend reserving it ahead of time. That's uh, someone who reserved the God of War console and sold it trying to make a few extra bucks and now regrets it highly because you can't find it anywhere. So, excuse me. I've made a terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. All, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's go over to new releases and what we've been playing. And new releases have actually been very, very light. Um, you know, the, the only thing that was really new, which happens to be a game with gold as well as Super Bank of Baseball two and i'm gonna keep promoting that game whether you guys like it or not um but other than that there's really nothing uh nothing really big that came out you know god of war and uh labo came out back on 420 and then we've got state of decay 2 and detroit coming in a couple weeks but we're in this little thin few week period here where no big releases are occurring so i will uh head over to you guys and let's talk about what we've been playing currently so bert you want to kick us off yeah, really quick and almost kind of funny, but do you think Labo released on purpose on 420 for the people that really take advantage of 420? Can you can you imagine them putting that cardboard together in that state? Oh, um, boy. Man, well, I, I did see, you know, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the UK sales figures that Labo debuted at like number 26 yeah. or something in the first week. It did not sell up to the expectations that Nintendo had, at least in the UK, so... Yeah, the reviews are not um, very stellar on what you get, especially for the money that you're spending. You're essentially getting a demo uh, with cardboard. I'm sure it's going to be cool for kids, but there's only so many kids out there with the Switch. I think there's a lot more adults than people think there is with the Switch, and especially um, older people that want to get that Nintendo magic back. It, it's there. I, I didn't even consider buying it at the end of the day, so I passed on. Um, what am I playing? So I finished God of War, uh, the story. I'm going back to finish 100%. I wanted to get the Platinum Trophy this weekend. I actually pulled a muscle in my hand uh, playing that <laughs> damn last Valkyrie, so I had to put that to the side for now. Uh, loving PUBG still. Um, Y'all need to quit. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm trying thinking, to remember. thinking with the Valkyrie story that pulled a muscle in his hand. Yeah. Just for all I our can listeners. show it, but it's, you probably can't see it very well. With the lighting, it's, <laughs> this, this, this muscle here is swollen because of the last Valkyrie. Um, but yeah, as we, I tried Super Mega Baseball. It looks super fun. Um, we'll see how far we get with that as far as continuing to play it. I did go back and play a few more F1 races because we're in the middle of F1 season. So loving that game still. Hopefully, I get in the uh, beta testing for 2018. I'm, really I'm waiting on 2018. It's going to be good. Dan, what are you playing right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, all my hands are in good shape, so that's awesome. <laughs> you know, baby steps. Uh, I've been playing more CFDs with my friend that doesn't know how to play. Learning, though, it's getting a little bit better. I really had to kind of walk him through like how to read a map and uh, <laughs> use his compass. I mean, it was like it's like playing with one of my kids. That's not a video yeah. game skill, by the way. Really. No, it's it's like okay, okay, okay. We're at, there's the X. It's on D two on the map. Now, where is that on the map? This is a forty five year old man. You know, so <laughs> it's it's that has been most. Of, my wife's like, why are you continuously playing with this dude <laughs> when all you do is get frustrated and yell? I'm like, I don't know. Great I treat him like one of my my children. I don't know because he's my friend. Right? Is he a season gaming listener? Out of curiosity, I, I don't think he listens to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he listens to a podcast. And like, he he likes to look up videos, you know, on ridiculous games and stuff that he could never do. <laughs> but you know, it's it's frustrating. But I kind of broke away from that a little bit, and I started playing Prey. So yes, I played the demo. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> this is my nightmare. All right. Here's the thing. I hate survival horror games. Hate them. Can't stand them. I used to like them. Not anymore. I'm I just jump all over the place. This is the worst possible game for me to play because every single thing could be a mimic. Okay? <laughs> I didn't really cuz when I played the demo, I literally got through the first two scenes i didn't even get that far and i i didn't know what was going on when i started playing a little bit more i was like oh there's a coffee cup no nope, no nope, that's a mimic you know <laughs> I, I, oh there's a chair oh no nope, that's not a chair you know so this is me like jumping all over the damn place you know I'm, oh my gosh it's but it's so good yep right so it really reminds me of like a Bioshock. Bioshock. I was gonna say System Shock too. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Exactly. And that's gonna kind of be one of my reflections here, maybe a little bit later. Um, <laughs> that game was awesome. I love that game. It's one of the first PC games I ever played, um, and that's why I'm really kind of sticking with it. You know, it's really, really fun. It's gonna take me a long, long time because I'm hitting every single thing I come across <laughs> because I'm afraid it's gonna jump on me. Um, but it, it's really, it's really good, and I'm also, you know, no shame playing the game on easy because I'm a giant puss. So, doesn't bother me one bit. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> At least you're playing it. Right. It, it's, but you know, I, I always, I like the, I like the games. For, I like the story. I, you know, I want to kind of get the story. I'm reading every little thing I find. You know, I'm doing all this other stuff, and it's really, really good. And I'm still, you know, there's a lot of backtracking and going back and forth, which is fine mm -hmm. with me. It just makes that game last a little bit longer. And if it's a good game. I don't mind doing that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, social yeah, media was funny when they they I'll never look at a chair or a table the same way again, and they take a picture of it and then tag prey on on Twitter. It's always really funny. <laughs> yeah, there were some good ones at the time, but yeah, to your you made a good point there, and I, I told Bert the same when he was playing it because I near hundred percent at that game. Uh, I reviewed it for the site, and I it was my game of the year last year, and um, 
you'll get a lot more out of that game if you actually read all of the things you find and do the side missions because what mm -hmm. it does is similar to bioshock it uncovers the whole past of the space station and all these people right. that lived in it and all these interesting stories uh and as you get closer to the end it pieces it all together um it's so well done. I could, Bert will tell you, I'll just rave about that game constantly. The good news is, is that Bethesda has been teasing a lot of Prey stuff lately, or Arcane Studios, excuse me, has been teasing Prey uh, for June, which of course is E3. So there is, uh, without any spoilers, there is a um, part of the game where you find out that there was another development uh, complex on the moon on the other side of the moon and so a lot of uh, players like myself are hoping that there's going to be some dlc or the next expansion what have you for it where uh you go to the moon so we'll see but i was i was hoping it would you know I was, I was putting it off for like you and i wanted an update i wanted a you know a 4k yeah you know, i know graphics update. you know that's that's kind of what i was waiting for you know i know dishonored's you know they're all they all look really good. Yeah. And it still looks good. I, you know, I'm not complaining. You know, it, I just was hoping that maybe they were going to update it. And eventually I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to play this game. I've been wanting to play it. So I've been really enjoying it. I'm not really that far into it. So we will see. <laughs> Stick with it. it the story yeah. gets really good. And yeah. So I, was, I was about to say that once you get to about the five, six hour mark, it really picks up into some mm -hmm. really cool stuff, especially some of the mechanics you can now do that you couldn't do at the beginning. Yeah, you get some really cool skills, especially the Typhon skills. So you can, you know, when right. you can like look through a hole and teleport yourself through it into and turn yourself into a coffee mug, and uh, it's just it's it's fun, dude. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. All right, so I've been playing. Uh, I'm still on God of War. These guys both finished it in like a week, and I'm still trucking through it. So I've probably got at least thirty hours. I got to have in it now, but I'm still, you know, exploring and doing everything else. So I am moving along, still loving it um fought my first valkyrie took her down uh i told bert that i'm determined to to beat all of them on and i'm still playing on hard they're they're definitely going to be a challenge from what i hear but i'm looking forward to it uh <laughs> don't, don't pull any hand muscles no, pull any, my hands yeah. are good my hands are in good yeah. shape um so still loving that uh i uh been playing a lot of PUBG, as bert said for those who play on the xbox the uh, pts the player test server is up and they've been uh, turning that up on the weekends with the miramar map and some of the new changes so we uh we were playing around with that last night and that game gets better and better as they continue to uh, evolve it and then uh super mega baseball too so i commented on this game a bunch um a lot of fun and it's finally, you know, fully out. So I created my whole team. I got all my buddies on my team and my wife and my kids. And it's kind of hilarious. So I introduced uh, Bert and one of our other friends to it the other night when it was like 2 a.m. And we were drunk, kind of laughing about it. So uh, a lot of fun in that game, too. So good stuff. Anything else you guys are playing you want to touch on? Or are we moving on? Moving on. Moving on up. All right, so main topic, we're going to do a little different today. We, um, you know, usually we have a main topic that's something specific to a company or a game that we touch on or something going on in the industry today because this is our 25th episode and it happens to be almost exactly, actually, when we're recording this, a year since we did our first recording. Um, and funny enough, Bert, will, Bert and I will tell you that our very first recording we never even published because it was uh, not the best. But... Um, <laughs> We would thought we would just go back and talk about uh, some of the funny things about, uh, you know, podcasting, some of the experiences we've had, um, you know, just comments in general about doing a, a video game podcast, some of the things we've learned, uh, some of the maybe advice we could give to people just starting up. 
um, things of that nature. So uh, I'll kind of kick us off here. One of the funniest parts about doing this is when you sit down and you, you get set up like we are here and you go to start the video, um, you have to do an intro, right? You have to be ready to, to welcome listeners in. And uh, my buddy on the other side of this camera here, Bert, is... Uh, is my favorite person for doing intros. I actually get excited when he is the host. And if you haven't noticed, if you listen to us, we switch, we co-host. So we go back and forth with every episode. But, um, you know, we're, we're putting together a blooper reel uh, right now, actually. Uh, that's going to be on our channel soon that you can laugh at. Um, but it probably will contain or should contain, hint, hint, Bert, a lot of the intros that Bert uh, tries to go through when getting started. And that is one of my favorite things. It's just waiting for him and trying to make him laugh purposely so that it takes him four, five, six, seven, nine, fifteen, twenty-four times before we can start the podcast. <laughs> I think I've introduced myself as you like four times. And uh, yeah, I just get on those laughing sprees and I can't stop. So appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> So um, the other thing I find funny when you go back and listen, you know, a, lot, a tendency, right, when you record something like this, you go back and listen to yourself. Um, and I find I don't know if you about you guys and I know, Dan, you're just getting into this. You're just starting to get into podcasting. So you can probably comment. But I find that I go back and listen and I I mess up normal words, normal words that I would say every day. Um, you know, I, I'll hear myself and I won't even catch it while recording. It'll be on the recording that I'll say something. I don't even have a good example here, but just uh, normal things you expect to easily say just come out wrong. And I, I don't know why that is. It's got to be something subconscious as you're sitting in front of a camera, I guess. Oh, you see it. Yeah. I mean, my, even just being doing your show a couple of times, a couple of the digital hoarder shows last week, we were going over a list of, you know, who would play this person in what movie or uh, the the last of us. Oh, last of us. It, yeah, right. And I, so <laughs> when I'm talking, you know, I meant to say Chloe Bennett for one of them, but I said Choli. Because <laughs> I was reading it off the stupid paper, yeah. like oh, Choli, and that was it. And then, and then that was the whole show. The rest of the show was me talking about Choli. But yeah, you, you know, and, and that, and I want to punch myself in the face because I hate my voice. You know, so it's all these things that you're kind of learning to do all this stuff you know i've been watching you guys for a while now i love your show you know which is thank awesome you. to have me on you know it was you know you got a very high production value which i i think you do you know as far as you know you you, you put those overlays and stuff on i love watching that stuff the videos and stuff like that because a lot of podcasts are just you know people sitting down and talking but you've got you know all these other things that are going on and you know and there's i watch a lot of them so you know it, it's yours is just that little bit different, which, you know, kind of piqued my interest, you know, and then knowing that you live <laughs> one or two miles away from me, that was like, <laughs> I was like oh, this is crazy. Yeah, you know, for, so. for, the, for the listeners who don't know, um, Dan and I met on Twitter, did we not? I believe. Yep. Yep. Uh, we met on Twitter and found out that we live less than 10 minutes away from each other. Yep. So um, eventually, and I'm in, uh, you can see it's kind of bare behind me right now. Uh, compared to normal anyway and that is because i'm moving i'm in the process of moving so we have uh we may have some cool things in the future where uh we set up a new space to record and dan and i may actually come to you from a single location and then i think bert you're moving up here eventually right too no so, I, we'll I think you're I think you're saying you're new to <laughs> the texas zip code on your boot, but, uh, still waiting to hear the zip code so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um 
Yeah, hopefully you guys get to do that, and I can visit you guys a few times a year, and we can do something in studio, which would be fun, because then we don't have to do this camera-to-camera thing. But one thing that I would say that if you're just getting into into uh, podcasting or whatever is when you first get started, you start to realize that you repeat a lot of the same words in succession when you don't <laughs> usually do that in real life. Uh, Ains and I, and I, I think Dan, you said you're in education, yeah. or, or I didn't even ask you what you did. For- yeah, I do. I do uh, like maintenance. Like I. Oh, nice. It's kind of a general maintenance for a school and our church. So, Very cool. Yeah. So me and Ains are, are corporate guys, and uh, we do the normal nine to five. And in my normal job, I don't talk anything like I do on these things. And it always kind of cracks me up because sometimes I feel like an idiot to where <laughs> I, I keep saying the words over and over. And you can probably, if you listen to us from the start, we've gotten a lot better at just having a conversation, which is good comparing to just looking at points on something and trying to uh, mention what's in that point and then move on to the next, like in a robotic point of view. But um, yeah, that's kind of fun. And and uh, one more thing I could say about uh, podcasting or anything production value-wise is um, you buy a lot of equipment just out of trial and error that you don't really think you need or anything. I think Ains and I have gone through maybe two different webcams. We've bought two different kinds of mics. When we first started, we had like our Xbox headsets that didn't sound very good. And I think we shot one with our Kinect cameras and it came out like at 250p. Uh, <laughs> 250? So, uh, not even a multiple of the resolution but it was it was just really bad i i and looking at some of our first videos man they are rough not even uh not even the podcast ones but just our content on our normal youtube channel yeah 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 um, i have one guy say i i uh 1999 is calling back and they want their camera back so i was kind of like damn that's brutal did you like the content though is it something you got something out of never heard back from the guy but uh <laughs> It was it's rough, but yeah, a lot of trial and error. You learn a lot of stuff about yourself. You learn a lot of stuff about your content. You learn a lot of stuff about how to even do production. Um, and one thing is that you don't the what the final product that you see is not even what you spend most of the time doing. I mean, you spend a lot of time writing scripting. You spend a lot of time editing. You spend a lot of time. Ains gets up every morning and puts news up. I mean, so you would think this is our full time job, but this is just a hobby that we enjoy doing and kind of sharing with everybody else our love for the uh, industry in general. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And that, that's kind of our mantra from the start is we're going to do this because we love gaming and we're going to do it without any ads or, you know, any monetization. And it's always going to be that way, no matter how big it gets. So I think uh, I think we've done well in that regard. I, <laughs> your comment about the um, oh man, I just lost it. The connect camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The connect. <laughs> if you go back on our channel, uh, I joke with Bird all the time. My first unboxing I did was of the For Honor Collector's Edition. Which I'll be showing it right now, by the way. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite collector's editions from last year because um, it's really unique. And if every time I go back and look at it, it was done with the connect camera on like a table. And uh, it's right next to your face, next to, <laughs> right next to my face, the lighting was bad. I've actually, it's got like a hundred some views. I've debated it taking it off of the channel just because it's so embarrassing, but oh man, it doesn't matter, right? It's all in good fun. So, um, I wanted to ask you, Bert, I, I don't know if you have one, I, I kind of thrown this at you. Uh, I'll go first, but um, you know, favorite episode that we've done because we've done a few different things, right? I, um, We've had some specials. We've had some conversations. We uh, Jordan joined us for a few, um, but I want to talk about just favorite episode. And I think for me, I have two. One is uh, last year pre E three. I mean, E three is like you know the best time of the year to be a gamer, right? So, and then we're hugely excited about E three. First time going this year. 
couldn't be more excited. But I think last year we were um, just as excited as we always are. But we did a special where we were talking about predictions and what we think is going to happen. And, um, you know, we went back and reviewed those predictions to see how accurate we were. And I, that was a really good time for me. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. I've even gone back and listened to those episodes a couple times just to reflect on it. So I think uh, we'll obviously be doing that again this year here in just a few weeks with E3 creeping up on us. And then uh, also on a more serious note, um, I interviewed Anthony Palma, who is the CEO of Jump, Jump Gaming. Um, and I've talked about Jump before. If you're not familiar with it, please check them out. They are a uh, PC gaming service. Uh, subscription service where they you know similar to kind of game pass except for you actually play the games in real time it's different from streaming it actually is very efficient and works very well and uh, they're really really good people over there at jump so uh, if you want to learn more about jump you can check out my interview with him one of my favorite episodes that's on our channel um, but definitely give them a shout out too so bird i don't know what uh what do you think has been one of your favorite times doing this so far yeah so for for um bitcast or i guess we call it our podcast i think my favorite one is actually the original one that we never aired and i think most of it was is because that's kind of like where we kind of came together and figured we were going to actually do this thing um and knowing that we would actually keep it going for years not necessarily surprised but it's kind of cool to see the evolution of where we went um if i had like a favorite video that we did i one of the funny things is ains is more of the technical writer i'm more of the video guy um as far as content goes and i do a lot of like stuff with my hands that set a camera on oh, it sounds horrible but uh the <laughs> well, camera one, one hand right now anyway yeah, the, the, the broken thumb <laughs> um so a lot of my stuff is a top-down camera stuff and uh i i tend to like those quite a bit because i can really talk about whatever i'm talking about whether it be a controller upgrade or something and a lot of people tend to like those and they get a lot out of those so one thing that i like is when i the information that i'm sharing is useful to somebody and they go hey thanks that's all they really say so i really like that aspect of things. I would hate if people were just hating my content or if it wasn't useful at all. So uh, those are always fun, but I, I do like our conversations where we have something specific that we kind of uh, talk about or explain. I think you guys will like the exclusivity conver uh, video that I have coming out later this week. It's uh, Most of our stuff is very well researched. We try to keep everything as objective as possible. As maybe you do or don't know, we play all consoles. We don't stick to one uh, more than the other, um, and we try to share as much as we can with everything. So objectivity is something we take pretty serious here. Yeah, and I think, um, and sorry, Dan, we're kind of droning on here. Join us for this anniversary episode. Hey, well, um, let me ask you guys, how did you guys meet? Because Oh, man. Wow, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Bert so and I only met in real life a couple years ago. We've known each other for a very long time now. What, Bert, probably going on eight, ten years? Yeah, it's been a while now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, so we, we are both big car guys. Um, and we met on a car forum, just talking about cars. Wow. Um, so we were big, uh, M3 guys, BMW realm. And, uh, we were on M3 forum and, and met there along with a couple of our other buddies actually, and became good friends of real life. And, uh, the rest is history. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't share that Tinder story. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the funny thing was, is on our car forum, we were just talking about cars, funny enough, politics before things got even more whacked out than they are today. And then we started the, I don't know if we started, but we actually I started it. The, yeah. the game section of the car forum. And um, it kind of built up from there. There's some stuff that got pretty toxic in there for a lot of people. And a lot of people kind of disconnected from there. Um, but there's still some uh, gaming section going on there, just not as much as it used to have with actual content and news and stuff. So then we figured, hey, why don't we, Put something together that's actually useful so yeah 
Um, it was funny you talking about the first episode and how, uh, you know, we both have corporate lives. I speak in front of big groups of people all the time, every day. And uh, I don't have any trouble speaking. And then uh, we do that first podcast and you're talking about repeating words, Bert. And if anyone goes back and listens to episode one, I think I say fascinating like 15 times in in an hour and i was just i listened back i listened to it and i'm like why the hell do i just keep saying fat it's like i don't know any other adjective other than fascinating um it's unbelievable how that happens so it's it's rather fascinating to be honest uh, <laughs> yeah. to to kind of switch it up for dan here so what's something that you've kind of learned about yourself just on your i don't know are you down like five episodes now between yeah. us and digital horrors other yeah, than pretty, hating your own voice which i right. think we, we all do that's, that's normal the, yeah, that's obviously the biggest one. You know what? <laughs> how addicting that this really is, because <laughs> you know I've been talking with these guys for a while, and we you know we always talked about getting on and doing, you know maybe me just jumping on. I didn't know you know, but then you got to buy a mic, and then you got to buy you know a camera. You got to go all the get all the stuff. And I'm just like, I'm not going to do all that for just one time. But you know, because we 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 have like our DM on Twitter that we all just talk through, um, <clears throat> and then when I finally got the opportunity, unfortunately it was, you know, because of, uh, Matt dying, uh, Xbox mm -hmm. addict. And, um, but even, you know, after he passed away, he's still kind of affecting me in different ways. And that kind of brought me into that episode of digital hoarders. And then, you know, through that, they kind of offered me, you know, a spot permanently, which is super awesome. And then you guys not, right after that you know asked me to come on which is i'm super appreciative of um as far as what i've learned i'm still learning and i think it's kind of one of those things where you just continue to uh kind of work out all the kinks uh you know kind of get used to your super annoying voice mine anyway and you know it's just it's just kind of getting more comfortable uh in front of the camera and that's kind of my biggest thing right now I, I always have a little bit of nerves and i always like to ramble a little bit more than I should, like I'm doing right now. Um, I say it is what it is way too much. Every time I say it, I want to punch myself in the face, which I say that too much also. So there, there's a lot of these things that you got to start, you know, you kind of start realizing and you kind of start working, working them out. So, you know, in, in piece by piece, I think it'll come together. I'm really interested in doing this. I'm kind of working on a little side project that I want to try out. Um, We'll see how that goes, but it, it's less of a podcast and more of a s streaming thing. But cool, it, it, it's it's really fun, um, and that, that's the biggest thing. You get to talk to you guys, get to talk to those guys, you know, and interact with some people that are in the chat. Sometimes it, it's it's really cool. Um, and even if you know, I get one person that watches, you know, whatever I'm going to do, I, it, I'm doing it for my enjoyment. And I think once you lose that, if that ever happens. I'm still kind of a noob in this whole thing, but I think that's kind of when you kind of have to take and walk away. But you guys obviously enjoy what you're doing, which is the biggest part of, I think, podcasting is enjoying what you do and having fun doing it. So, yeah, no, it absolutely. It absolutely. Do, it, do it for fun because you enjoy right. it and, and don't fret over your viewer count or, you know, right. if you, the moment that you're doing it just for viewers is where you really start to um you you start it starts to ruin the content in my opinion um that was the big thing when we started is you know we're going to do this because we love games across all platforms and we want to 
share that love and just talk about gaming in general. And if we were so worried about clicks, um, then that would change. You know, there's too many other operations or sites or outlets, whatever you want to call them out there that do specific things just for clicks. That's why you see 5,000 new Fortnite videos every day. Mm. Um, you know, it's just, that's not what we're into, but anyway. Um, so just to, to round this out, um, I pulled up some stats and, and going back to like we were just saying, not worrying about clicks, you know, you see like some of those top podcasts, video game podcasts in the world, um, you know, getting like, you know, 20,000 views in a day. Yeah, that's not us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, we've, uh, we did want to call a shout out and a big uh, thank you to everyone who has watched and listened. Um, when we look at what we've done over the past year, um, we've actually had listeners or view uh, listeners, excuse me, I didn't look at the stats for the viewers, but we've had listeners across 18 different countries, um, which was really surprising to me. You know, I obviously expected the US and Canada and, and the UK, um, but we have, uh, you know, listeners kind of all over. And funny enough, the behind the US, the second highest listening group of our podcast is from France. So I, uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to that and just say thank you. So if uh, you're one of those people listening from France right now on this episode, thank you very much. And um, if there's anything we can do better, as we always tell everyone, let us know. And then uh, in fourth, actually, of uh, what I found even more interesting, to be honest, is Japan. So we have some people in Japan that like to tune into season gaming as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. And... Um, other than that, just uh, really enjoying it. Like you said, Dan, uh, love doing this, love getting feedback. I uh, have met a lot of cool people over the past year that I never really expected to when I kind of kicked this thing off. So uh, it's been great. And, I, uh, and I, I think we're, as Bert said, we're kind of evolving. We're, we're learning every day. Every time we do something, we're, we're getting better. We're producing more content and uh, super, super pumped about E3. We think that's going to be uh, really good here in a few weeks. So. Bert, anything you want to kind of comment on or wrap us up there? Yeah, I'll, I will say some funny YouTube stats that I was looking at earlier, just to kind of let you guys know if you're a video person from YouTube versus our podcast avenue. Um, we currently have 81,000 views or 81,300 views to be exact, which is always a lot of fun. Our average duration of people listening, are they range anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes, and I think that's because the, uh, the bidcast is equated in there, but we have a lot of shorter videos, so that always throws things off. Our top three videos on our YouTube channel is our Scuff X1 Controller Elite Upgrade Grips, which is kind of funny because that's one of my worst unboxings because of the angle <laughs> of the camera. Uh, someone said that you know it looks better upside down, and it was upside down. I didn't know how to do that functionality <laughs> with editing at the time. And I didn't have a nice camera, so but it does have our most video uh, traffic and watch time. Most people get through 50% of that video before going dizzy. Um, <laughs> And then we did do a, a Nintendo Wii. So we have a lot of Nintendo watchers that try to watch our channel for just uh, third-party content that's not Nintendo. And then uh, that's always fun. And then as far as geographics on YouTube, we have 56% coming from the United States, 9.7% uh, coming from the UK, 5 from Canada, 5 from Germany, and funny enough, 4% coming from Australia. So Nice. That's interesting how the uh, audio and the video stats are different in that regard. Yep. That's interesting. So. Always uh, fun to see stats. I'm a big analytics guy. It's kind of what I do in, in the in the real world. So I always like seeing this stuff. If only we could get some more female participation, would be great. We only have three percent female participation on YouTube, so hmm. I don't know what we could do to increase that. But mm. yeah, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, one thing I was going to say, it's funny, just one last thing on the stats point is, too, we get about five to six times as many listens as we do views on our podcast. So for you new podcasters out there, if you're super concerned about video, um, I don't think, uh, you know, at least in our experience, it would be perfectly fine to kind of, uh, uh, you know, learn or kind of get better while you're just doing audio only before you jump into video, um, unless you've got a popular YouTube channel already established or something like that, so... Anyway, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to the next 12 months of this, like I said. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're enjoying it. And as we always say, if we can do something better, please let us know. We did it. We did it. Oh, oh my God. Oh, and keep an eye for the keep an eye for the blooper reel. It's coming very soon. Bert's working on it. Uh, we we took a look at some of uh, the clips um, already. And I honestly I was in absolute tears watching it. Um, just because of how goofy it is. So uh, we'll put that out there and you guys can laugh at our expense. So moving on, um, let's talk quickly about any collectibles. So uh, Bert, I know you've done some uh, new content for the channel, like you were just talking about, some unboxing, some other things. Um, I really don't have anything in this regard. Uh, Dan, if you do, obviously. No. no? Okay, so we'll let Bert uh, kind of do our collectible section for this episode. I'll be super quick because um, there's a lot. Uh, I had a, bought a ton of stuff. It all kind of came in at the same time with delays. And then I did, I think, one day of like six unboxings to where I just didn't want to <laughs> unbox anything again. But um, Don't say Amiibo. I'm just going to put that out there. What? <laughs> Why would I do anything like that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, I got a Mega Man Amiibo. These have been really hard to find. And uh, one of my buddies at GameStop got it in. He gave me a call saying we got the Mega Man one. I'm a huge Mega Man fan. Capcom almost was all I played growing up um, on a lot of things. So I got this one. I haven't opened it. I'll do it later. But um, the video that actually went uh, public today um, on Sunday at noon was for these new Totaku figures. So if you are not into Amiibo and um, you're into more of the Sony side of things, uh, Totaku is a brand that's only being sold at GameStop and ThinkGeek and obviously their online stores. And they are kind of uh, making these, I don't know, I don't even know how tall they are. I think I saw 10 centimeters was how, how big they were. They're exactly the same size of an Amiibo. And they're fantastic from the detail perspective. I don't know how good you can see that. Here's Crash, um, even though he's not Sony anymore. But there's about seven of them out. Um, they're not specific to just Sony. There's, um, I think there's a Sea of Thieves one. Um, there is some older Sony stuff like Parappa the Rappa and uh, a few other ones. So they're kind of cool to pick up. The one I'm really hunting down is the uh, Bloodborne one. I can't find it anywhere within 250 miles of me on the search thing, but I really want that pretty bad. Uh, how, much lastly, they, how much they go for, Bert? $9.99. So they're actually cheaper okay. than an Amiibo. Um, okay. But that's mainly because there's no uh, computer chips in them. The Amiibos have computer chips because yeah. they link up to the thing. These are just a really nice base. And the one that's becoming harder to find now is Atreus. So if you can find mm -hmm. Atreus somewhere, he's sold out everywhere right now. Um, I have no idea the count numbers or how big they're going to be, but they're really selling really well. And they've only had the first edition come out, and those might be worth money down the line. The second thing that I did some unboxings on is the Zelda statues, um, which are from uh, Dark Horse uh, Deluxe. Um, and this one is from Skyward Sword. Uh, it's really, really nice. I did have the Breath of the Wild one when it first came out. And then what actually got me into it was this one because it was on sale at Best Buy for half price. Um, they go for about $90. I did get it half price. It's back to normal price now, unfortunately. But they're really cool if you like Zelda. If you don't care for Zelda, then just kind of carry on, but it's not going to be down your alley. But um, 
yeah, so that's it for collectibles this week. Um, hopefully some other stuff coming by the end of the week. And oh, I did have this one. <laughs> uh, I did get this controller for the uh, Xbox One. It was an impulse purchase. I don't know why I bought it. Um, I'm probably going to be like Dan in the digital perspective, but I saw it and it was on sale. And I had, I'm one of those people that has some credit at Amazon because of shipping mishaps. And I was like, oh, 25 bucks, let me use it. And then I got it. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with this? <laughs> um, I haven't opened it yet. I don't even know if it's worth returning. Um, I don't really have anything else on I, that I, one. I, I think at this point, you and I need to just start a side pod or a side channel with uh, Dan and Digital Hoarders as physical hoarders. <laughs> that's, right. that's pretty much what we are at this point. Yeah, we got stuff in boxes. That's not even... If, if I could turn yeah, this man, camera around and you can see my basement right now, it is just nothing but boxes of video game collectibles yep. being prepared to move. It's ridiculous. All right. So let's uh, let's move over to our favorite section. We always like to say in season reflections. So, Dan, why don't we let you kick this one off? What do you uh, what classic game are we going to talk about? Whoa, what classic game? Uh, we're going to talk about my game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> playing Prey. It's kind of brought me back to, you know, it reminded me of System Shock 2. So I'm going to kind of talk about that game just a little bit because it's been a thousand years since I've played it. Um, it, was one of the, it was the first PC game I ever played. And it was, I've never played anything like it at that time with the, you know, limited, you know, uh, backpack space or whatever. You can only carry so much stuff. So it was always that decision. Oh, do I take this? Do I take this? Do I take this? And the atmosphere at the time was, you know, I wasn't a giant pussy. I'm just going to say it. It was, I was, I was, I was a man. <laughs> I, was a, I was a man. I could take that stuff, but um, <laughs> it was a little scary, a little scary. Um, thinking back on it now, you know, it, it's super dated. I'm really, really hoping for a remaster slash reboot. I know they were supposed to be working on it. I'm not sure exactly what it is but i am pretty excited for that one loving the bioshock series you know and just that vein of uh video games um that was kind of one of those first ones for me where i you know first game i was just like man that was good that was a really good game you know played it start to finish it was amazing and playing prey it, it reminds me so much of that you know, that's why I'm kind of pushing through Prey right now and, you know, want to keep going because it's it's just, I don't know what it is. You know, it's, it's discovering all those little things, you know, that, you know, don't really seem important, but they, you know, kind of are, you know, in, in the mechanics, you know, it's an FPS. Um, it, it was just, it's just different. It reminds me of like, you know, like Half-Life 2, you know, or, you know, similar, similar uh, video games like that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a. It is an FPS, but there's there's a lot of different things to it that make it beyond right. just your shooter. Yeah, and uh, right. to your point too, I know you, the System Shock Remaster. I know uh, if that's the one you're referring to. Yeah. Um, that was kickstarted, and they they messed up badly. Fantastic. Uh, they, yeah, they said that they uh, went well beyond scope, and they literally shut it down. Um, and said they were going to regroup, and they came back to fans. I think we talked about this several podcasts ago. Um, they came back to fans and said, "All right, we're we're refocusing the scope to just be what we initially said, and now it's like pushed out to 
late 2019 or 2020, something like that. So if we ever see it, hopefully well, they get it together because that's it is a beloved series and game. And uh, that's kind of a shame. But I want to ask you on that. Um, I sadly have not experienced the System Shock games, not at length. I tried System Shock very, very briefly, um, though I, I adore the Bioshock series. Uh, I adored Prey. Uh, I've heard some people who love System Shock 2 did not like Bioshock as much. Uh, I don't know why that is. Uh, you feel that way? Because I know you love Bioshock too. So, no, I mean, yeah, I, I love them both. I mean, there it was a different game for sure. I would say it, it was way more like the new Prey uh, game than it was like a Bioshock game. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but but the the story in in that sense, I guess the story really is kind of what sold it for me. You know, it was you know looking back on it, maybe it wasn't. I don't know how well it would translate now. You know. It might, you know, but it, it was more of just the the atmosphere, you know, kind of like a creepy alien, you know, you're in this ship and trying to, you know, do all this stuff. You know, there's holograms and stuff you got to find and all kinds of stuff. It, I mean, it's, I, I think, I, I can't really compare it aside from it being a shock game, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but I, I can see where, where people would not like bioshock you know but they're they're similar but they're different i mean it's it's kind of one of those things but mm-hmm. i would i would equate it more to to pray because it really really reminded me of it okay well now you've got me really intrigued so yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> all right cool yeah. bert what uh what do you bring yeah, to so us this week if you've been looking at my neck for the past two minutes um, that's because I was looking at my season reflections, the back of the, the case. And so mine are actually the God of War uh, games for PlayStation 3. And the reason I mentioned that is because after playing the most recent God of War, I went back and researched a lot of the stories from the first ones because I haven't played God of War 1 and 2 in a very, very long time. And uh, they are, I guess they're still playable, but I would definitely recommend playing the, the remastered one, which is this one. It's the collection one, and it's got one and two. And what I was reading up on is I did remember that they were remastered for HD resolution. If you remember the kind of nonsense from the PS3, is this is 1080p gaming. Well, very few games were actually 1080p. Um, and this one was actually at 720, and they did update the uh, frames per second to 60, which was kind of a big deal back in the PS3 world. Um, and they also added trophy support. So one and two only released on the PlayStation 2, and then 3 came out on PlayStation 3. But uh, 3 uh, did get remastered for uh, PlayStation 4. It's fantastic on there. It actually looks like a current-gen game is how pretty it looks. There's obviously a few things in the background that are static that um, don't really work in today's engine. It is still worth playing if you want to learn more about Kratos. The story's fantastic in this one. This one, uh, if you listen to our conversations, I did mention God of War 1 and 2 do kind of introduce you to Kratos, and you don't see as many of the Greek gods as you do in Part 3. and 3, you see everybody, and you have these awesome boss fights. But then the one that's kind of the uh, the black sheep or the um, unfortunate one is God of War Ascension, which actually came out after God of War 3. Um, and it's not the best story, but you still get the core of the God of War game. It runs on the same engine that uh, God of War 3 ran on. Um, it's fun to play. I just really, you could skip it if you don't really care to play them all again. But those are my reflections. God of War is one of my favorite franchises, even before the most recent one. I can thankfully say that I'm not jumping on a bandwagon because I've been raving about him for a very long time. So play him if you get a chance or if you still have the ability to play kind of older games. 
You know, it's funny you mentioned Ascension not being as good, kind of the black sheep. And it's, I think we've seen that with several series where they have a really hardcore, whether it be a trilogy or a line of games, and then they do like a, a side game that technically on, on, on paper should be as good as those games, but it never seems to work out that way. Um, as soon as when you said Ascension, it made me think of Gears of War Judgment, you know, yep. like you had Gears of War Trilogy and then Judgment's kind of that black sheep that, you know, it just it should on paper be everything that you love about Gears of War. Same gameplay, same engine, same characters, but just doesn't work the same. It's weird. Yeah. And the funny thing about Ascension is that it's actually a prequel to what happens in, I believe, part one and two. So like God of War Judgment was too. Yeah, yeah. So God of War 3 ends, and I'm not going to ruin the ending for people that are still wanting to play it, but at the same time, the game has been out for a long time. <laughs> but it kind of closes the chapter up of what happens in that universe. So when Ascension came out, people weren't sure if it was a prequel. It was not advertised very well at the time. Uh, Sony was already kind of closing the doors on the PS3 and moving on to PS4. It's definitely a pretty game. I will say that for that generation, but I don't see a remaster or anything coming out for it anytime for that one. Hmm. All right. So mine is uh, mine is a random one for sure. Definitely not a big a big game, but uh, I was just communicating and chatting with some people on uh, social media about uh, some of the games from a few generations ago that we really loved. And uh, I saw someone mention Gauntlet, the Gauntlet series, which uh, you know, growing up in the arcades as a kid, I played a lot, and uh, you know, have always loved that series uh, to a degree, anyway. But there was a game uh, called Gauntlet Dark Legacy that came out in arcades. It wasn't super popular. It kind of, um, you know, old school, hardcore Gauntlet fans didn't like the whole 3D aspect and some other things about it. But it got released on the Xbox, the original Xbox and the PlayStation 2. And I enjoyed the hell out of this game. Um, I had actually completely forgotten about it until the person I was talking to on social media brought it up. And it, it made me think about it and, uh, you know, reflect on it so much that I went out and ordered a copy the other day. So that, that's on its way now. I don't have the physical copy in front of me because I probably sold mine years ago. But a lot of fun, you know, co-op multiplayer, just bashing through hordes of enemies, tons of unlockables and, you know, just... Uh, things you can do in the in the game in these kind of hub world setup. Um, I don't know if you guys were big Gauntlet fans, but um, it was a lot of fun. I remember playing a ton of it back in the day when it came out on Xbox. Definitely was. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it it had everything you think of Gauntlet, right? It had like the classes, the wizard and the warrior right. and you know, all the different attacks, but it, it added a little more to it. It was almost like a, a Gauntlet version of if you created like a diablo super light you know kind of like that it was like a gauntlet arpg very light arpg but yeah it was interesting i i think they tried something different they tried to obviously jump on the 3d kind of move at the time um but it was just fun there was something about it that was really addicting uh, i don't know if it'll be the same today you know going back and playing it but i'm gonna give it a shot anyway so all right, well, that is uh, episode 25 and our anniversary episode. It has been fun. We've had some laughs. Like I said, uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming. Um, we are ramping up our content creation on our YouTube channel, so you're going to see us promoting that a lot more. We, we have some of the... Um, uh, more recent videos on our main site as well and when you have the links to them there but if uh, you visit the channel you'll see a lot of things like you like Bert said he's doing a lot of unboxings lately 
Um, we did some stuff around God of War. We've got our conversation up there in podcasts. And we also do a lot of things around collectibles and like hardware related stuff too. So um, a lot of stuff to pick from there. We've recently passed 200 subscribers, which is cool, especially considering, you know, our content hasn't been too uh, active over the past year. But like I said, we're ramping it up. So if you check those things out, I'd appreciate it. Um, we're continuing. We uh, continuing with our Force to Play series. We debuted that last week and uh, got some really good feedback on it. So episode two is on the way. And uh, that'll be up here in the next couple of days. And then, like I said, to uh, look for uh, sometime alongside this episode going up, you should see our blooper reel from a year of podcasting, which uh, you should get a laugh out of. So, um, Bert, what else we got going up? Nothing, okay. just, a, just a lot of content. And if you guys have any other stuff you would like to see, we've joked a lot about kind of doing a, a Cribs version of our, of our gaming places. We've had actually three different requests asking, you know, what do we play on? What kind of tech are we using, like cameras and um, TVs and stuff like that? So we'll probably do that um, at some point once Ains can unpack his stuff here in Austin. It'll be a lot easier to kind of shoot that <laughs> <laughs> and one, with one shot. But uh, yeah, so we'll get that when we can, folks. We're just in the middle of some transitioning for that. But yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Any liking and subscribing that you can do is useful because then our content can be viewed by other folks as well. Yeah, really appreciate that, of course. And uh, Dan, thank you yet again for joining us. Appreciate it. I hope you had fun. Oh, absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast. Of course. And uh, that is episode 25. So as always, thanks for listening. Appreciate the feedback and uh, the listens and the views. And we will talk to you next time.